0: been following Taylor Davis Reese for many years now, so I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. Everything she posts is colorful, it's happy, it's not too serious, um, and she is just a pleasure to be around. I met her at the Southern Sea in person um, a few weeks ago, so I thought I'd have to have her on the podcast. Um, We talk all about how she started blogging and then kind of how it's changed over the years and how she has some other businesses under her belt too. So stay tuned and let's hear from Taylor Davis Reese. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do?
1: My name is Taylor Davis Reese and I live in a small town right outside of the Charlotte area in North Carolina. Uh, It's called Gastonia or right on the state line. Um, My family and I moved out here three years ago, and we just have a ton of pasture grass. It's a very quaint and quiet place to live. We love it so much. Um, I am the owner of Taylor Davis Reese Creative, which is the parent company of three creative brands. I have a lifestyle blog that is my namesake, Taylor Davis Reese, and I started with fashion. I talk about jewelry, home entertaining, kids, family, pretty much anything that life throws at me, I throw up on the blog. And late last year, I decided to kind of separate that a little bit and pulled out the entertaining into its own entity, which is always the host. And it's fabulous tablescapes, table styling, tailgates, anything that the modern Southern woman would need to host and entertain at her home and shop. Taylor Reese is my line of jewelry that I started in high school and it has grown and flourished. And that is now its own account as well. So anyone looking for fabulous game day, jewelry, everyday jewelry can go there and shop that.
0: Oh my gosh. You are a busy lady. (laughs) (laughs) For sure.
1: I don't sleep a lot.
0: (laughs) So before we get into all of your amazing businesses, I want to talk about you as a kid, little Taylor. So what was your childhood like? Were you creative? Were you, you know, dipping yourself into everything and dabbling? Were you entrepreneurial? Like, tell me about you as a kid.
1: Oh my gosh, little Taylor was a mess. Um <laughs> What kid, you know, when I think about my childhood, the first thing that comes to mind is like all the different phases. You know, what kid isn't exploring with their, you know, Disney creative side and then their tomboy side. Um, I had all of those. I went through a really heinous like skater punk phase that like makes me want to crawl under a rock. But um, (laughs) at the core, it was always very creative. Uh, My mom used my mom is super creative. She was an artist um, also a retail professional. And during the summer, she would always send me to my grandmother's house with like activities or kits to do for that day. And it was always a craft or an art project or, um, you know, like a small jewelry craft of some sort, but it was something to help make the day interesting, to get the creative juices flowing. And then, um, another thing from my childhood, we always had these really extravagant birthday parties, which I think I I get it so honest. Uh, My husband hates (laughs) when it's time for me to plan a party. But my mom always had like these really incredible themes. And I think she got to play with me longer than my brother because, you know, what teenage boy wants like a theme party. But um, we had like an I Love Lucy party and we unwrapped chocolates and we did Vitamina veggie videos. And so everything was just always really fun and really jovial and over the top. And like I said, I think I just get it honest and I just can't help but be extra in everything that I do.
0: (laughs) I love that. That sounds like you had a great childhood. And I love also that your husband, when you get in party planning mode, that's Will with me. He's like, oh no, crazy Patricia comes out because I'm like, everything has to be so beautiful and I get so into it. Um, So that's, I'm right there with you.
1: It does. And I'm such a details person. Like it matters to me that, you know, like the baseball, my youngest son had a baseball party. So like last year. And the bats on the back had to match, you know, like the gift tags and the ribbons and the colors have to be just right. And Wes is, it's just like, Oh my gosh, like you've got to like rein it in. I'm giving you a really tight budget this year. Like that was the first birthday party. You're cut off. Like all the things, like you really just don't have to do all these things. And I'm like, but I do, it matters. It makes people
0: feel important and it makes them feel special when you go the extra mile definitely. No, I think when you open your house and you, you throw a beautiful party for them, it definitely shows, um, hospitality and warmth and welcoming. So I love that. Um, now when it came time for college, then where, and what did you end up studying? Was it something more creative driven or more business? Tell me about that.
1: I would say still kind of all over the place, but creative at its core, uh, after high school, I, Climbed myself on top of a mountain and went to Appalachian State for three years where I studied sports broadcasting and apparel and textile design. And I loved it so much, but it was really hard to graduate. (laughs) The two, it was a lot of work, um, And there, there were some other external factors that went into that, but I ultimately decided to transfer to the Queens University of Charlotte here in Charlotte, North Carolina and finished out my sports degree and went to work for the Panthers for a little while. And then went to work at Belk in their corporate office with the goal of doing sports marketing and working on the brand side of sports, but that little fashion bug, that little creative bug inside me just wouldn't rest. And I ended up doing trend forecasting and fashion and apparel and buying at Belt for five years.
0: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Wait, so where did the sports interest come in though? Going back to studying and then um, working for the Panthers and all, or have you been sporty or what's the interest? I
1: have there? always loved sports. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, it's just my brother and I, but he really could not possibly care less about sports. But I got the sports bug, and football, basketball, baseball. I played softball um, growing up, all through high school. I played varsity, and then I had two knee injuries and didn't play anymore. But I still just love it. I love what sports represents at its core. You know, it's like a an unspoken camaraderie, like you and I could be instant friends because we pull for the same team on game day, you know, like we're wearing the same colors. We have an understanding. It's a bond. It's a, I don't know. It's just something about sports that bonds people, but likewise it also really divides people. Um, But I think in a much nicer way than like, let's say politics. Um, We won't get into that, but there's just (laughs) something about it, you know, like a friendly rivalry uh, that, you know, I don't know. It just, I'm not doing a good job of articulating it very well, but it's, there's just something about it that has always lived deep inside me. And I love, you know, how a game winning catch can totally make your day and give you gloating rights in your family, or it can totally just like level you for a couple hours until you recover. But, um, Yeah. I just always thought that sports was awesome. And here in the South, you know, we really think a lot of our our football Saturdays and Sundays. And for me, sports and fashion have always gone together, even though I've heard my whole life that they don't go together and you can't mix both. But I've somehow found a way to do that. So.
0: I love that as someone who's not sporty and knows very little about sports. I love your appreciation for it. And it makes sense. And I do think they go together. Honestly, Will laughs at me because whenever he's watching football, he's a big, college football fan. Um I am always like, "Oh, I like their costumes." And he's like, "You mean their uniforms?" But I think, you know, there's obviously thought that goes into um the sports uniforms and um branding. Like there's a, actually a good bit of crossover between sports and fashion, I think, like you mentioned.
1: I agree and well, first of all, who is his team? I just have to know.
0: Um Gamecock, South Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not,
1: I'm, I don't have a dog in that fight. I, you know, went to App in Queens and Queens doesn't even have a football team. They're a really small school, but but I'm recently into Clemson because my oldest loves orange and he is like a, you know, he's four. So he's kind of like a bandwagon fan, but if they're orange, (laughs) they're for him. So we're. We're currently on the Clemson and the Texas Longhorns because they are orange.
0: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Um, okay, so you were working with Belk for a while. Then, when and why did you decide to start your blog?
1: I started my blog between, I guess, kind of the interim between college and Belk. Okay. I was working at J Crew as a manager. You know, trying to figure, you know, trying to break into the corporate world and figure out, you know, a career move and people just, you know, all throughout my sorority days in college and even at J. Crew, everybody was like, wow, I really love your outfit. I like that. And I was looking for more of a creative outlet and blogging was still pretty new, but I thought, you know, I don't know if anybody really cares what I have to say. Like I didn't, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a point of view, like the magazines. I wasn't completely editorial and blogging was like, okay, I'm just going to talk about my outfit and my opinion on things that just seemed weird at the time, but I was like, I'm gonna go for it. So I did because there was interest, you know, at least among my friends and family and customers that were coming into the store. And so I just started taking outfit photos and it was super embarrassing. And I got a tripod and sometimes my mom would take it, but I was so embarrassed for anybody to see me taking photos of myself. I was doing it in my front yard and I would like, cars would be coming down the street and I would run and hide. (laughs) I was so embarrassed um, because it looked weird. I was like, you're literally watching a girl take photos of herself by herself in the street. Like it was, oh my gosh, I'm mortified Put that with the the skate face. But you know, you get over it. And that's something that I really wanted to do and something I felt passionately about. So I pursued it and um, it gave me more of a creative outlet and a reason to get dressed and, you know, down the line, the business grew and then it was monetized and here we are. So
0: speaking of monetizing it, what was that moment like when you realized that it could be something bigger and that you could monetize it? What was that like and when was that?
1: It was when I was working for Belk. I was, you know, blogging was very much a hobby at that point and I was pursuing a career in initially sports and then trend forecasting and um, as I was doing trend forecasting, we, part of my job was to create the decks. So after fashion week or after fashion month, I would take all the runway shows and there were some, you know, industry, um, services Marcus. that we worked with as far as like color forecasting and print and pattern, all that kind of stuff. And we would take all of those resources and I would look at the runway and we would identify themes and trends and pull out all that kind of stuff. And my boss told me to look at street style and the influencers. And there were people much bigger than me that had been figuring it out along the way. And she said, use them. They're the authority and they are, you know, making the trends now. It's not just the runways. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And I was like, well, that's kind of what I do, but I'm not them, you know, (laughs) I'm not on street style, but, um, it kind of resonated with me that this is, there's something to this and this is going to be something to watch and something to pay attention to. And then shortly after like to know it or reward style came onto the scene and, uh, made a big disruption and shop style and all the platforms started giving us a way to monetize our content before brands really understood that what they were paying for the links helped
0: that is so cool. And first of all, I think it's really cool and big of your boss back then to have recognized that. Cause I feel like when influencers were just starting, no one really gave them credit. No one really knew what it was. So for you know, him or her to recognize that, I think is pretty cool back then.
1: She's a visionary. Um, and to date, one of the people I've enjoyed working for most. Definitely. I'm sure.
0: So how has your blog then changed over the years? Obviously you're monetizing it now, but, um, compared to, you know, taking pictures in the middle of the street in your front yard, what, what's on your blog today? What can people find there? And what would you use to describe your style? Would you say?
1: Oh, goodness. My style is much like my career path. It's all over the place. Um, (laughs) But you know, I think it's fun. I've never, I appreciate the people that know what they like and they can say, "I am a neutrals girl. I am boho." But that's never been me. I truly appreciate all of it. And some days I am, you know, baggy, oversized, kind of like nineties trend. And some days I'm just super feminine with the feathers and the glitz and the glamour. And then some days I'm baggy jeans, you know, kind of tomboy-esque. It just, I'm all over the place and I like all the things. I know what I like when I see it, but as far as like defining it, I would say it's just very curated, might be the better word. It's a lot of different things, but I know within those realms, what I like, um, I, I like a sophistication to all of it. I don't want it to just be like you threw something against the wall and pray that it's stuck. It, it has to have some thought and detail to it. Um, on the blog is an evolution of my life. I have always said that I, I may not be like the best, like quote unquote blogger because I truly value my family and my time at home. And they, the boys really love being in front of the camera. I don't think <laughs> that they really know how to think any differently, but my husband is not preferred for his life to be online and in front of 30,000 people. So uh, I try to respect that and to keep that in mind as I'm filming and doing things. But the blog is an evolution of my life with them. You know, when I was single and when it was just my husband and I, it was, I had time for fashion and I was going to a lot of events with girlfriends and there were no kids and, you know, we have weddings and parties and lots of things. So it was more high fashion Dressier style. And then as we had our first, that changed a little and it got a little more casual. And then we got into the pandemic and then I had a COVID baby and that changed a little bit more. And now I I feel very strongly about being authentic and real. And if I am not getting dressed to do things, I am not just gonna get dressed for a photo. It's just not who I am and it's not indicative of our life. So I feel like keeping the blog relevant with, you know, people change as well and keeping it relevant with what life throws at you has always been important to me. And so part of breaking out the businesses last year is because I'm hosting parties, dinner parties, Bible studies, birthday parties, graduation parties, you know, all these different things. And I am finding beauty and tabletop and it's a lot easier because one, I don't have to be in front of the camera for that, but, um, it's also where I'm at in life. So when I get dressed, um, I know you and I shared a wonderful trip to Texas recently. When I get dressed, I share it and I love it. And I, as a mom of two toddlers, I enjoy every single minute of good hair, makeup, and a fancy dress, but, um, you know, it's just not the everyday right now. So, if you're along for a very transparent look at motherhood and style and entertaining, then that's what you'll find on my site.
0: I love that. And you do such a great job with the tables too, which leads me to my next question. Um, Tell me about Always the Host. Like, we obviously touched on a little bit about how that came about, that that's part of your life now, and you're genuinely enjoying that. Um, So uh, do you offer parties and tablescapes for people, or is it just inspiration? Tell me what that looks like.
1: I do. One of my very dear girlfriends actually gave me the idea. I was, you know, the whole table thing started with my mom and I, we she used to host Thanksgiving and she would be like, let's do a really fun table. And it was like my whole side of the family, my whole, my dad's whole side of the family, which was cousins and aunts and uncles. And it was generations of people. And she really wanted to make it special and impactful, much like all those birthday parties when I was a kid. And so every year we would have a new theme. We did like Buffalo plaid and we did beautiful glass pumpkins and we've done like woodsy themes. And, um, I was telling my girlfriend about it and she was like, you know, I would really like for someone to just come and do that for me. Like if you could just offer a service where you brought in the stuff, we'd have a consultation. I use it. It's beautiful. And then you come take it away when I'm done. And then I don't have to store it or anything like that. I thought, wow, that's really a great thing. But like on a small scale, you know, there's lots of event rental companies and lots of wedding planners out there that are, doing the same thing. I know it's not a new concept, but for dinner parties and for smaller gatherings, it just felt very novel to me, especially in the area that I live in. No one's really doing that. And I thought, I think, I thought that that is something that a lot of people feel, you know, like no one really wants 10 sets of wine glasses in different colors, but I have them, so I may as well use them. So um, she gave me a great idea and it's kind of grown from there. I Using my influencer roots, I definitely do editorial and digital content because it's just a natural fit for the business that I'm already in. But I do; I offer my services in like a rental situation for friends and family and anybody that wants to have a small 25-ish person gathering or less.
0: I love that. That is so cool, and um, it sounds like just such a good natural fit for you today and fun. But it was an easy move,
1: yeah. And like I said, you know, it kind of goes in line with just life. You know, as we get older, we have we, we're adulting, and you know, we have you know your husband's boss is coming over, or uh, my girlfriend is Catholic; they have their priest over. You know, we're we're doing these adult things.
0: <laughs> it's um, crazy, right?
1: <laughs> it really is. I still don't feel like I'm old enough to be a grown up, but here I am.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I want to also talk about your other business, your jewelry business. So you mentioned that you have been designing jewelry since high school. So tell me about that. Tell me about what you're designing, what the price point looks like. Um, and, you know, I guess, did it ever stop between high school and now when you sort of um, reinvigorated the business or what did, what did that journey look like?
1: Yeah. So I, this was a very, vivid beginning. I was walking through Hobby Lobby with my mom and I had been on the hunt for let me backtrack. My mom has this really weird ability to envision things that don't exist. And she just creates these things in her mind and she's like, Wow, I'd really like this. And she'll send people, meaning me and my brother, on wild goose chases for Christmas gifts and Mother's Day and all the things. But she has a very specific vision of what she wants and that it should exist. And somehow I have inherited that ability. So I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was looking for a pair of earrings to go with this look for, I think it was like homecoming or something. And I just had in my head what I wanted and I could not find them anywhere. And mom was getting art supplies or something from the local Hobby Lobby. And I discovered a bead aisle and I had no clue that that existed. I did not know that there was like a place with just beads and jewelry making things. It it was like walking into wonderland. I just, my eyes were open and (sighs) I was so inspired and I looked around and I was like, I'll make them. And I didn't have a clue how to make jewelry. Um, That pair of earrings was literally the most janky kind of un polished things I could have come up with but it gave me a sense of independence that I can I can create something and I can fill a void in the market where I see it and I can you know I can I can make things I can create what's missing and so I made a couple of things and wore them to school and some of the upperclassmen wanted prom jewelry and so I made some for them and then it started going up from there and then when i was working at j crew i was wearing a necklace that a girl wanted even though that was against company policy for me to sell it i did um lucky i skated by on that one but uh <laughs> yeah it was it was a bumpy road it was never really consistent you know because i was trying to figure out college and career and you know what i wanted at the time i didn't really know to make it a long term thing or a career or a brand mm-hmm. But it was, it gave me the start and it, you know, I used those years to invest in education and to learn new skills. And I uh, learned a lot and I learned a lot through trial and error and then kind of took a break when I got my corporate job and through the blog. I actually originally started the blog, you know, for the fashion outlet, but I thought it would be a good way to style the jewelry to promote those sales. But then, you know, as the blog industry took off, the jewelry took a backseat And it's just kind of been like an ebb and flow of creative businesses over the years. But with the boys being older and needing more attention and being busier, I just felt inspired and got back into it a year or two ago and really found a niche in game day. And again, saw another need in the market that a lot of stuff, especially for smaller schools like Appalachian and Queens, is very logo driven. It's very heavy. It's not as fashion forward or chic as people might want it to be, especially, you know, when you're wearing dresses to tailgate in the South, um, you want stuff to go with it. You don't want to just be wearing like heavy logo jewelry. So I try really hard to make it stylish and stuff that blends into your natural style and aesthetic when you're getting dressed for game day.
0: Yeah. Your jewelry is so fun. I'm looking at it again right now. Um, and I love, I love those pieces, and I also love the fact that you're kind of like me, and you dabble in a little bit of everything. But it all makes sense, and it it all you know runs together, and it's stuff that you enjoy. So that also makes it make sense, right? Um, somehow it just works. <laughs> it just yes. comes, you know, when you do what you love. Somehow
1: you just find a way for it to mesh and and work. And I think that's how how we're surviving right
0: now. Definitely. So. Um, What's your favorite part about what you do, about getting to be an influencer, about having your own businesses? What do you love the most about it?
1: Definitely the people and the really unique experiences. Um, Sorry, I know that's technically two, but (laughs) I have had the privilege. I know it is a charmed life and people not in, you know, the influencing world or even the PR world, it's, it's different. It's hard to wrap your head around. Some members of my family are still like, what in the world do you do for a living? Like it's, you know, it's, it's unusual to some people, but getting to discover new brands and meet the people behind them. Incredible. A lot of them women too, incredible women that just have stories to tell and, wonderful products to share with the world. Um, I have, you know, a lot of your clients and a lot of fantastic businesses in my home right now. I'm using towels and, uh, napkins and glassware, um, from really incredible businesses that I've met along the way and then really unique experiences, getting to go places and do things. Um, I've, I've gotten to go see Blake Shelton at a concert, uh, for his vodka and, you know, I've met designers and different things like that. Um, it's just, it's really cool things that, you know, you don't really think about a whole lot, but it, uh, it makes it's it worthwhile. It, 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 you know, it, it's definitely the people. It's the stories yeah. that, that give it substance. It's not just stuff. It's people that are pouring their hearts and souls into something they believe in. And putting faces with that is, is really fun. And building mm-hmm. friendships. A lot of friendships have come from, from this industry too
0: yeah like it was so fun to get to meet you in person uh last week at the southern sea so i am right there with you and thinking the people that's what makes it so fun getting to meet all these unique and inspiring women and men across the country yes so you mentioned blake shelton um which leads me to my next question of what's been your favorite collab you've got to do so far would that be it
1: Uh, that was a really good one. Um, honestly for me, and again, I, the more I talk the realize this all goes back to my mom, but I got to work one of my very first tabletop collabs, which I was shocked that they even wanted to work with me because it was so new. I was new in the tabletop space, Mm -hmm. um, was VA tree. My mom, it's like her favorite brand and they really are great. It is artisanal Italian dinnerware glass. Um, their, their plates are art or their, all of their dinnerware is art. And a lot of times it's like hand painted. Um, but they agreed to work with me on a fall tablescape a couple of years ago, right? After we moved into our house and they provided plates for a fiesta as well that I did with some girlfriends and for me that just kind of was like okay i i can play in this space you know it was a national brand it's carried in big retailers um it was it was kind of like a check for me that it was a really good collab but it was also fun and nostalgic that it's a brand that i grew up with as well so it kind of came full circle
0: that is really cool and i mean that's a brand i feel like a household name that most people know of especially if you love entertaining so I could see how uh, that was amazing and then I'm curious though what would a dream collab be someone that you haven't worked with yet but is on your list and you really want to work with I don't know if
1: it's a specific brand or person but I really am wanting to do a collection of some sort whether it's jewelry or even clothing. I think it would be so fun to do clothing. I briefly, in a, in a bulk realignment, I dabbled my toe in product development, but I think I really want to do a collab of some sort with a retailer on a collection.
0: That's so cool. And you're putting it out there to the universe. So maybe I am. Listening I, I am. Any
1: retailer, any brand, I'm, yeah. I'm your girl. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Um, since obviously you have a great following on social media and readership on your blog, what's a tip for marketing? Like what's worked for you and that maybe some listeners can try for themselves.
1: Honestly, word of mouth is a huge thing. I think just to everyone, if you are a small business, if you, or even if you're not a small business, it it works for everyone or if you know someone, if your friend is one, tell your friends, you know, it does not cost anything. And that support is invaluable to a business owner. Um, I have discovered even before I started a blog, I found several influencers and in blogs from people being like, Hey, you love print and color. Have you seen this girl? Like, um, you might find some things that you like or just be inspired. And I was, it's a girl. Uh, I think she is stopped now because she has a family as well. But, um, you know, you never know like what that's going to lead to for them. And it, it doesn't cost anything. Like I said, you know, just share it with your friends, word of mouth, you know, the best reviews are the ones that come from people, you know, and trust. And if you, if you like something, share it. I'm, every I I try to be everyone's champion and I if I love something whether you ask or not I'm probably going to tell you if you give me an inch <laughs> I'll take a mile like oh you like my shoes thanks they're from this place and they were this much and you've got to go try them they come in like 10 different colors I will give you the full profile on everything so um you know I think just definitely word of mouth and just sharing what you love.
0: I think that's a great tip and something a lot of us take for granted these days with all the buzz of social media and technology. But there, there's something so great and easy about, you know, just recommending someone, just asking someone and um, having that word of mouth work for you.
1: Absolutely. It, it stands the test of time.
0: Yes. So since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? How would you describe it these days?
1: Uh, I have a vision in my head. Talked a lot about my mom, so I'm going to throw my dad in the mix. <laughs> he is the epitome of traditional style, timeless, classic. And um, growing up, he always tried to tell me that, you know, collared shirts and a clean look will never go out of style. And to me, that is, that's a little preppy. You know, in the South, I think we have a, di- a slightly different view. We, we, we throw in a lot of color. It might not be so Navy and black and white, but um, I think being preppy is being traditional and being timeless and take it or leave it, you know, it may not be for you, but I think everyone has an air of preppy about them. You know, you have a collared shirt, you have a sweater, you have a layered look, you, you know, you you come to present yourself in a, in a clean and classic way. And I think that's that's where it is today. Um, definitely, I've I've always identified with it in part and whole throughout the years, and I think it's it's one of those styles that'll stay.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great answer. It's definitely classic and timeless. Um, obviously you are on social media and you work with a ton of amazing brands and know a lot of great influencer friends. So who would you recommend people check out that maybe they might not be familiar with? And um, it could be influencers, it could be brands, it could be stores. Why don't you share like three that you think are really great? Let me see. My
1: go-to for inspiration is Blair Edie. I think she is a pioneer and she's just wonderful and she owns her style and she is just true to herself through and through. Um, my favorite mom blogger is my girlfriend, Hannah comedy. Her handle is Mrs. Comedy, Mrs. Underscore comedy. She and her husband have three beautiful girls living in Texas and she is just so real and, so honest and honestly really funny, uh, while doing it, I identify with like everything she posts and she just kills the mom content. Um, and then, sorry, this might be four, but like two brands I really love right now are Buru and C New York, like the ocean, like Yeah. uh, their, their styles and their products are just full of detail, but still they're investment pieces, but they're not going to completely break the bank. You know, they're kind of, they're, they're not on the runway end of things, but it's not target either, but you, you get a great quality product and it's machine washable, which all you moms out there, you, we live for a machine washable product, throw it in the wash, call it a day. Um, they're also really inspiring content it's beautiful things to look at.
0: Both those brands are, are seriously gorgeous and great quality. So I love that you shout them out. I'm going to have to check out your influencer friend.
1: <laughs> yes. Hannah is, she's comedy gold and it is actually her name.
0: <laughs> so we are getting into the holiday season and entertaining. What's one tip that you have for being a great hostess this season?
1: Shop your collection. I, the, the number one thing I hear from a lot of people when it comes to hosting, they're like, I just don't want to buy all this stuff. I don't want to, I don't have anywhere to hold it or keep it or store it and all that kind of stuff. But your mothers, your friends, your in-laws, like shop what you have available to you. Um, You would be surprised at what you have available and what you can pull together Pull a couple things that you absolutely love and then pull a couple more things that you want to put, put with it. And then maybe you're down to buying like a set of napkins or a placemat. It's, it's so attainable and it's very easy to do, but uh, shop what you have available to you first and keep it colorful. The season doesn't have to, you know, I've, I have to catch myself sometimes that fall is like darker colors, they're jewel tones, but they can still be beautiful. Keep it, keep it colorful.
0: I think those are excellent tips, and I love color all throughout the year. And I think people forget about like you can still decorate with pink for fall and Christmas holidays. Absolutely can. I have a whole
1: trail of pink pumpkins right now. It's an ombre pink pumpkin train on our table, and I love that. It makes me happy because I. I mean, like I said, orange is making its way into our house because it's Wally's favorite color, but. I, I'm a pink girl, mm-hmm. you know, where we live that preppy, colorful, wonderful life and yeah, it's pink.
0: <laughs> now in terms of business, um, where's something or somewhere that you go for business advice, whether it's a website that you recommend people check out, or maybe it's a book that you've read. That's always been great. Um, any, any tips in that area?
1: I am scared to say this. Not, business is not, I'm I'm a creative brain. I, okay. I am hardcore creative brain. Um, I go all over the place for business advice because it is a necessary evil and, and I have trained myself uh, to, you know, do what needs to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, honestly, my husband is a great resource for that. He is so good at bringing me back in and keeping me grounded. And when I have these really crazy out of the box ideas, whether it's for a birthday party or for my business, he's like, okay, what does it cost? How much money do you have? You know, like he, he's very much a numbers man and he's an incredible entrepreneur. Um, and he always encourages me to stay educated and to stay on top of it. So while I don't have one specific resource, I would just say that education is the key, you know, keep educating yourself on different tax brackets, you know, like if you can file for a different class or if your business can move into something that's more advantageous for you, or, you know, if there's an investor or a board or something you want to learn about, research that and reach out to people, use your network. Um, just ask your girlfriends. I think I am really guilty of not asking for help and not, um, voicing things just in general. So like, even if you just ask five people, Hey, do you know anything about this? Even if they don't know it, they could probably point you to someone that does, or is even an expert in that field. So, um, education has always been where I've gotten the most out of it and just keep pushing yourself forward and keep learning new things.
0: I think that's great advice. Always, you know, go to your network um, ask questions and reach out to people, even if you don't know them, because the worst that they can do is say no. So, um, exactly, you might as well try. So what is next for you? Anything you're working on right now? Any sneak peeks, anything fun right
1: now? I am in the middle of a very large project, which, you know, mm-hmm. these grand ideas that I bite off. Uh, mm-hmm. it is a tailgate series for always the host and by, by way of, you know, shop Taylor Reese as well. Um, I am styling and sharing different ways to tailgate. And I have an incredible partner with eventide pennant company. Uh, she makes these beautiful pennants. Um, she actually started for like kids with baby names, but I reached out to her and was like, Hey, your stuff is so cute. Could you do some team names? And, she said yes. And she's been an incredible partner in providing all the schools that I threw at her and, um, we're styling. I'm trying my best. You know, I, I only went to two schools, but with what <laughs> I know of sports and the culture of each school, I am trying to do them justice and share unique ways to style a tailgate for the season with coordinating looks and jewelry that is available at shop. Taylor Reese.
0: That is awesome. I love that. And I've been following along with this tailgate series and I think it's so cool. Uh, Now, my final question is where can people find you? So let them know your website URL. I'm just working
1: on my oldest son's fourth birthday party. He will be four at the end of the month. And I'm working on all things hockey party. So if you're interested in a hockey party, stay tuned. There will be a full blog post soon.
0: Awesome. Now, my final question is, where can people find you? So let them know your website URL and your social media handles.
1: You can find me at Reese's Hardware, R-E-E-S-E-S-H-A-R-D-W-E-A-R.com. And on Instagram at Taylor Davis Reese, always the host or shop Taylor Reese.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at The Preppy Podcast on social media.